It's All Things Considered, and I'm Dave Lawrence. Today, Off the Road heads to New Orleans, reconnecting with one of the legendary families from the Crescent City, the Nevilles, who brought us the Neville Brothers, the Meters, and Dumpsta Funk, led by multi-instrumentalist Ivan Neville, son of Aaron Neville. We're taking a listen to Dumpsta Funk's latest album now, actually. It's called Where Do We Go From Here? Ivan Neville returns to the show with both a keyboard handy and incredible stories to share. Ivan, welcome back, my brother, and a big mahalo. Cool. Thank you, man. Thanks for inviting me. Have you been in New Orleans since this whole crisis started? Uh, I've gotten out of New Orleans a couple of times. Dumpster Funk had a job doing some music for a film. Hmm. And we went to Los Angeles, and this is in August. Wow. A serious little production going on with the whole COVID protocols and everything that was in place. Private jet, they flew us out there. We COVID tested twice a week. We were put up at a hotel that only has like 11 or so rooms, and we took the hotel. It was only us staying there. (laughs) And we were not allowed to go anywhere other than to the studio every day. You had to order, take out, delivery foods. We weren't allowed to be around anyone outside of our little bubble. Right. We were there for six weeks. And I'm going to go back a little bit and tell you, before that, I had COVID in March. Whoa. It lasted for about five or six weeks. I was finally tested negative on May the, May the 5th. Actually, I remember reading something about that now that you mention yeah. it. Yeah. You're the first guest in the series, I think, who actually had it. I had a, a, a gig in New York. Turns out I did something very careless and stupid. We were just hearing about this thing and not knowing what it was going to ultimately turn out to be. But two nights before the show I was doing, I, I thought it was a good idea to go to Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and see the 50 year anniversary of the Almond Brothers. It was the show called The Brothers right. at MSG. And I thought it was a good idea to go there. (laughs) I went to that. And the night before the show that I was scheduled to do, we were all hanging out. We started getting notifications on your phone that the NBA was shutting down. Right. And so the show that we were doing, they made it a streaming show. The venue was the the Beacon Theater. It was Dumpster Funk? No, it wasn't Dumpster Funk. Okay. And then I went home and there were others that were on this same show that had announced that they had caught COVID. Artists that we know and love, Jackson Brown, got back home and he announced he tested positive for COVID and he was at this show. So maybe that Sunday or so, I started having fever and I was cast off to the back room of the house. I had fever upwards of 103. I had no appetite. I was in bad shape. My oxygen levels were getting pretty low. My lady had one of those oximeter things. We were also lucky that a friend of ours connected us with an ER doctor that got me an oxygen tank. Wow. They said, you show up at this hospital and they're going to give you an oxygen tank. So I went to a hospital. I was feeling really bad and I had never felt this particular way in my entire life. They also took x-rays, found out I had double pneumonia, tried to get tested twice and was turned down. Finally, actually that day I went and got tested and that was March the 23rd. And I didn't get the results for another 10 days or so. Mm. And I had conferred with a couple of doctors that said, you know what, just assume that you have it. I got this oxygen tank and then an oxygen machine was delivered to my house. 
that helped get me through. I think I lost maybe at least 20 or so pounds. I started experiencing the shortness of breath a couple of weeks in. And yeah, it was it was gnarly, man. It was, And I was totally uh, paranoid and scared. And oh, man. Uh, no hospital ever. I did not have to stay in any hospital. Like the only time I went to that emergency room to get an oxygen tank. Right. Luckily, it was early on. And there was something like that available for me. I got some advice from my dad and from uh, other people that told me maybe you might want to do some breathing exercises. Started taking walks when I felt that I had the strength to do that. I also started doing some streaming performances from my house. And that, unbeknownst to me at the time, was helping me. Singing was helping to exercise my lungs. My mind was foggy at times. I was trying to remember my code to my phone. I couldn't remember my, my my code to my phone. My phone disabled. I had to get my phone reset. And then finally, the test results came back around April the 2nd. And they said, yeah, you're positive. And meanwhile, you know, the household had gotten sick. My lady, she had it. I was so busy just being miserable myself. I didn't really notice how sick she was because uh-huh. she was looking after me. So God bless her, you know. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, but I got through it. And finally tested again May 1st and May 5th. I got those results back and I was negative. But every now and again, I would still have maybe a labored breath. And then mentally, it was kind of a battle. The fatigue and the trauma from having gone through this. And it was something. It was some... uh, kind of journey, man, I've got to tell you. And luckily for our band, we ended up having uh, this gig that was going to happen in August. Right. Yeah, so I was able to go do a gig. I had already had the COVID, and now I'm going to go do this gig. And so I've been tested for COVID now probably 30, 35 times. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right? <laughs> I love how you stick the little piano uh, tinkling <laughs> right in there. <laughs> the right yeah. Oh, it sounds good. (laughs) Thank you, man. You have the most remarkable story, Ivan. Uh, (laughs) What a trip. The whole thing starts at an event that Jackson Brown basically got sick at. Yeah, yeah. And is it okay to say who you were playing for? Because you never really said who the gig was. I, I, you know. (laughs) No problem. (laughs) We don't have to talk. No problem. I'm I'm not going to. Say that no. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, uh, you mentioned how your legendary dad, Aaron Neville, helped you by suggesting some uh, breathing exercises, and it made me curious about the broader ways being part of the Neville family influenced you. Well, you know, um, our family not only being musicians, they're all music lovers, and so my dad had some records. I'm going to say when I was nine, ten years old. I mean, there were records before that that I remember from a small child, but I was more aware of what these songs were about when I was getting a little older. And in 1968, 69, 70, was Sly and the Family Stone. Our family always had a lot of records around. And so, you know, it was always some small record player that you had access to (laughs) as a kid. And then I remember seeing um, the album of what's going on and hearing that that music all the time. It was played on the radio all the time. And my, my dad had that album. Our family had that record. It's a great era. Talk about first picking up an instrument, which I'm assuming that same era leads to. When I was 10, I picked up a guitar and I basically played a couple of bass lines on the guitar, maybe sing a simple song. 
by Slime and Family Stone, Chicken Strut by The Meters. <laughs> I didn't stick with the guitar. You know, matter of fact, one of my, my uncle Cyril borrowed my guitar one time. I never saw it again. <laughs> <laughs> and the piano kind of piqued my interest. I kind of always had a slight interest in the piano. My mom played piano as a child. And so there was always a piano around. And I knew my uncle Art was a keyboard player and Another friend of the family was a guy by the name of James Booker. He went to grade school with my dad. He went to high school with my mom. He's the most amazing piano player I, I'd ever heard in my entire life to this day. He would come around and I'd see him play and I was fascinated. Wow. And my dad knew a couple of songs on the piano. He played a little bit. And my dad actually showed me a couple of things. Can you remember any of the stuff your dad showed you that you he can show me us? That. That was a song by my uncle Art called Cabbage Alley, but my dad taught me to play that. Wow. That was probably the first song I learned how to play on the piano. From there, I just started picking up little bits and pieces here and there, listening to the radio, learning stuff by ear. James Brooker showed me one song. He showed me this. Wow. That's a Professor Longhair song. Yeah. You know, a lot of the music that I love is from that time, late 60s, early 70s, especially. And tomorrow, we'll hear how I, the Neville, ended up playing with some of the biggest artists from that period. Find this in the complete off-the-road series at hawaiipublicradio.org and subscribe to the latest episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts. I'm Dave Lawrence.